Hey guys, this is Kurt. And Logan. And we're here to talk about Battle Bards. I thought we were here to talk about how you're a terrible father. Pimping out your son. What? 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 Nothing. <laughs> okay. No, Battle Bards is great fantasy audio. I want to know that. Only things I care about are cartoons, balloons, Star Wars, candy, old people's smiles, <laughs> dogs, Pokemon, video games, fireflies. Do you even know what those are? Existentialist paintings. How do you even know how to say that? The sound of forts, <laughs> ninjas, and electronics. Okay, that's a lot to process. Farts? Really? Oh, but check this out. Lord Ardok is a wooden fortique symbol. Bida octo mon farste outwis mon kasabu haudon fu chi tang gali asparos. Ooh, scary! And this. Ooh, impressive. You can't deny this, though. Noal na o lapireta ikarino ilasa zorge, lapilasa do lape turbs benas. Okay, that's very cool. Okay, Logan. So how much would you pay for that awesome audio? Thirteen point two pesos. There's no such thing as point two pesos. Fifteen hundred yen. Five hundred pinks. Republic credits. That's not even real. That's Star Wars, Logan. Well, let me tell you. You go to battlebars.com. You sign up for an account. And not only do you get that premium auto, but you can get a little something from us also. With the 10 and $25 packages, you get one free track with MFGCast1 as your coupon code. Buy a $50 or $100 package and get five free tracks with the code MFGCast2. That's a half of an album for free just for using that coupon code. Could it be any easier? Buy the $150 and $300 packages. Not only do you get most of Battle Bards fantasy audio, soundscapes, music, sound effects, etc., but you also get 10 free tracks with coupon code MFGCast3. A full album for free for using a coupon code from us. You're welcome. I'll just buy that great audio right now. Wait, but you have to you have to ask your parents permission before you buy. This is the MFG cast. Hey guys, this is Kurt. And this is Dan. And welcome to Maximum Fun with Gaming, the MFG cast. A little thing before we get into our episode. We don't want to put this at the end because you know what? You won't listen to the end. I know you won't. Well, at least not until like after we say like this is this has been the MFG cast or whatever. Or like we're wrapping up and you're like, eh, whatever, I gotta get to my 
work out or whatever you do. What do people do? I don't know. I don't. I just. I work. I come home. I feel bad. My body hurts. I'm old. Um, <laughs> do us a favor, would you? If you like us, I've our listenership is up. So, and I thank you for that. I love it so much. I love that everyone is listening and hopefully enjoying. But if you want to do us a big favor, if you really enjoy us, do us a favor, okay? Get us out to the masses. Go to iTunes. Leave us a review. Go to Twitter. Go to Facebook. If you're, I'm guess. I'm guessing most of you that listen to this are part of some board gaming group that you love. Tell them a little, you know, and just say, hey, I really like this podcast. Put us out there because we, we want to get more to the people because that's why we do this. We do it for you because we love games and we love talking about stuff that maybe you're, that you'll be interested in. And speaking of something that you should be interested in, uh, we've got something fun planned for this episode and I'll toss it over to Dan to explain what we're going to be talking about today. All right, so today it's, uh, I call it the three-step program where, uh, you know, you always hear like, oh, this thing has like, there's nine steps to this. This is a 12-step recovery thing, whatever. So the three-step board game program is, uh, I figure we'll take a look at a game, right? Take a step back. Maybe it's the game scaled down a little, a little quicker, a little easier. Take a step sideways. This way you can look at the same perspective, but you know, you have like a new angle, you have like a new look at it. And then the step forward, which brings you deeper into that which you were looking at. Very profound, you know? Nice. So it's almost like doing like a dance move. It's like one step forward, one step back, one step to the side. Yeah, well, uh, I don't know about your gaming group, but sometimes trying to get a game to the table, it is like a dance. It's like a Game <laughs> of Thrones dance, you know? Oh my gosh, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> So, uh, so I figure, you know, since this is like a new idea, I, you know, whenever approaching something new, you want to have something very familiar. And I can't think of anything more familiar than Lords of Waterdeep. Wait a minute. What is this Lords of Waterdeep you speak of? It's, it's a, it's a kind of fun game. I played it a few times, you know, a couple times here and there. Um, <laughs> I want to see the BGG stats on Dan playing Lords of Waterdeep because I'm sure it's way too high. Yeah, well, I'm also, uh, I'm wondering if I can get its name in a hundred different episodes, like if they'll send me like a pin or something, like, you know, grape job, you know? <laughs> so. Wow, that was awful. But anyway. Dude, that's an old school reference. Only first graders will know. Click here for more. <laughs> All right, so I figure like, we're going to take a look at some of like the main features and standouts of Lords of Waterdeep. And this way, when we take our steps around it, we can like use that as a basis for comparison. So uh, one of the first things, your hidden lords, right? It's who you are. It's what your goals are. It's your little, your little way of scoring that only you get to do. And even though it's hidden, like people pretty much figure it out after they play this game a few times. Like, oh, cool. You did a whole bunch of these commerce quests and uh, you're also grabbing up on those warfares. I know who you are. <laughs> but it's a part of the game all the same, you know? Nobody does that but you, nerd. Come on now. Dude, have you played this game more than twice? It's like, you know, if you see Tracy take three arcane quests, you're like, all right, well, I'm never going to get an arcane quest this game. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I wouldn't know the lords because I'm not that familiar with it, but I definitely know what track we'd be going on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know their names, but like, take, for example, if I see somebody getting a billion corruption. Oh, you're the beholder. Neat. <laughs> right. So, uh, so another facet of the game is like that ticking clock with lords only being eight rounds you know exactly how many moves you got. So you got to make everything count, you know? You can't really, like, blow moves going like, oh, well, I guess I'll just get one card or take a quest that you don't really benefit from, you know? There's no not enough time, man. You can't waste turns like that. Uh, we got the evolving game state. You know, players will buy new buildings, and, like, it'll change where you can go for what, what variables there are. 
And there's also like the expansions, which gave even more areas, new lords, new quests, you know, new spots and everything. So the game has like a decent evolving state. It's not like, you know, I mean, granted, you never had a Lords of Waterdeep game where people are like, oh my god, the whole Amiris is out. What's gonna happen next? Like that doesn't happen, but there yeah. is changing, you know. There is, and even even the intrigue cards, you know, have you know, give a little bit of variance too with the. With the um, ba 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 ba, the uh, why am I spacing out? I can't, I can't think of it. The quest, the mandatory quest. Thank you. Yes, brain. My brain works. Okay. And also, like even like with the uh, the track quest, like there's that spot you can go on to that wipes them all out, so you can at least like mix up the board a little bit. You know, it's not a game where you're like, I want nothing, and there's nothing I can do. Great. Like there's the game gives you something there. Hopefully. And I, I heard this rest like recently, and it like I was like this this person is way off base, but like that it's a recipe fulfillment game. I'm like that's ridiculous. It's not a re- oh my god it is, because the quests are you know three fighters, two clerics, and two rogues. It's yeah. a recipe. Yeah, I mean it's or, a group. Yeah, yeah. Or if you or if you're not even thinking of it that way, you're thinking. Uh, if you don't have any like updated stuff, you're thinking oh two blacks, two oranges, two whites. You know. <laughs> now. Some of the criticisms on this game, though it is my favorite, I know it is not perfect, and people have had many opinions. It's like me. I'm not per- I'm not perfect, but I'm close. Oh, you're pretty perfect, Kurt. Let's oh, say. thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, like, the player interaction is a little low, right? Like, I can drop a mandatory quest on you, but that's pretty much the most I can do to you, like, outside of diving across the table and giving you a clothesline. Like, you know, it's like, if you need fighters, I can take the best fighter spot, but you're probably still going to get fighters and, you know... There's, that's pretty much the most I can do. Oh, I've I've got I've got a good idea. I think that are one of the times like if we get together, I think what we should do is we should play Lords of Waterdeep, but we should play it D and D style. Where like anytime we do something, we have to like talk it out. Be like, oh hey, I'm visiting the inn of whatever, and I'm you know ta- you know maybe we shouldn't do it. I can't even come up with any good scenarios. So I would love to make it where you have to roll a charisma check every time you t- if you roll like a, a crit, you get an extra character, but if you get a critical fail, you only get half of them. Oh, that would be cool. Oh man, okay, I'm already excited about it. I'm gonna start writing stuff up. I'm actually I kind of would be to take that one. Yeah, and yeah. and then the last thing is. Some people have the audacity to say that the theme is pasted on, which, you know, I, I mean, if you don't read the flavor text and you don't really care, sure. But I will admit it's not integral. Like, it could be like parts to build robots if they wanted to. I mean, I don't yeah. know why you would be playing mandatory quests when people are building robots, but you know, whatever. So I figure those will be some of our like focal points as we take our step back, step forward and step sideways. Right. So I figure we're going to take a step back. And we're going to find ourselves like a little further out. Maybe like in Salem in 1692. A.K.A. Affliction Salem 1692. You know, now this game has some similarities. Like, you know, you got that hidden agenda. There's like certain people you want to protect and arrest. But some of the other game states are a little more fixed. Like the board only has so many spots, right? No new areas open up. Nothing changes. There's still that track and it still always resolves the same way so you know there's not really manipulation nothing is going to change it's not like oh man there's this new area where i can do these things the game state is what the game state is and your options are always going to remain those right so it's a little easier it's like little smaller decision space 
you know, much less table space. So people can like, you know, play it a little quicker. There's less like hoping for things to come out and more doing what you got with what you got. Uh, well, you know what? I'd actually disagree with you because I feel like the, <clears throat> excuse me, I've only played it a few times now, but I played it with two different people, two player games. And for me, it's funny because this game, Affliction, Affliction is supposed to play in an hour. Well, guess what? It did not, even though we're you're still learning the aspect of the game, I still feel like it took <laughs> about as much time as it would for Waterdeep for us because it was, even though it's a tiny box and it doesn't have as many options as Waterdeep does, it's still very crunchy and very thinky where, you know, you, where you have to think about, okay, you know, am I, am I going to decide to be the person that is going to do more arresting or going to be doing more in our circle? And then when you're doing with stuff in your circle, there's, there's still quite a few options with who's in your circle to kind of really, you know, make for interesting ways to like what, you know, how you want to set up, how you're going to play that game. See, I, I agree with all that, but that is more of an element of like which characters come out. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, you're still confined to those like 21 spaces on the board. Yeah. You know, like how you interact with those spaces will change. But there's never like a new area that gives like five influence, but you lose a person in your prison cell. Like the people are kind of like those things. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's the one thing too. Like the interaction on this game is a lot higher than Lords of Waterdeep. Like, yeah. so say you have some guy that like every turn you just keep dropping fear on my people. You know, you're like, no man, your people are not going to do anything. I'm going to paralyze them with terror. I can just be like, all right, I've had enough of this. I'm putting your guy in my prison cells. Like, I can actually arrest your people. Yeah. You know, and also those vying for those spaces. So, like you said, you know, like uh, the crunchiness. It's how you go about that. Like, I might want to take that protection thing because I know you want to arrest my dude, so I have to put, like, that uh, protection circle on him just to stop you from doing that. But then, like, Kim grabs the spectral evidence and, like, she and you collaborate together against me. So there is, like, a lot more player interaction. Like, loads of Waterdeep, it's like, hey, Kurt, Tracy has 50 points more than us. Please don't play a mandatory quest on me. <laughs> <laughs> in this game it's like Kurt we need to arrest her people right now <laughs> yeah and it's funny with with the popularity of Waterdeep and I know they have one expansion out already but you think that you know with people talking about that so much you think they would come out with another expansion you know making it that it is more I mean again I understand this is more Euro more point salad and stuff like that but it would be kind of interesting to see if they could come up with something that made it to where there is a little more player interaction. Because when you think of D&D-based games, you think of, well, obviously it's going to have a lot of player interaction because that's what D&D is based on. Yeah, and I agree, and that's the thing. It's like, I always wonder if they have a plan for that and it just makes the game bloated and that's why they don't put it out. Like, if they're still trying to find that sweet spot to keep the heart of the game but not make it too heavy with, like, decision space. Well, hurry up, because I need another one, because I'm actually pretty excited. I actually haven't played that in a long time. I'd like to play it again. Yeah. Hey, when you come to visit New York, we're in. There you go. Uh, so the other thing that Affliction also has is it does have a ticking clock, but it's a different clock. You know, why uh, Why Lords of Waterdeep is kind of like a grandfather clock, and with each minute passing by, you know exactly when the final hour strikes. 
this is more like a gigantic sand glass where you're like, oh man, I hope I have enough time. Like you can't quite gauge it as easy. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like it's like knowing that Jason is out there. You just don't know when he's going to strike. Yeah. You just, when you hear the, you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> now I bet, now I better get a few more points in. <laughs> and that's exactly what Affliction does because the game ends when one of two people are revealed and you know what's going to happen because... Even if nobody interacts with the citizens that are out, one of the cards will leave the game state. Like, the, the game is always progressing, whether or not you try to stall it out. So, you know, you got a clock, but you, know, you might have a few more rounds. Like, your games of affliction will not always be the same amount of turns. You know? Mm-hmm. But, so ultimately, you know, like, affliction is, like, a little bit of a smaller box. It's, you know, a little more streamlined little less like variability like you know there's not like these random quests coming out like your goal is always the same arrest your enemies and your house card will tell you who you want to arrest and who you want to protect there's like there's a few little bits of hidden information with like those agenda cards but that's that's like really the bulk of what's hidden you don't have like a hand of intrigue cards face down you don't have like tons of like resources piled up there's only so many resources and a straightforward goal right Mm -hmm. so that's why i view it as like a step back because and like now one other thing too is uh like people say the theme might be a little pasted on in lord of the Waterdeep. oh my god is this game dripping in theme it is Mm -hmm, theme spilling out the top of the cup onto the floor just never-ending fountain theme 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 And it, and it also makes you want to go back, go back, it, or even if you don't know what happened back then, go to see what you know what it was all about, you know, because this is this game, and I don't know if I've described it as, as this on air, but I I describe Affliction as Walking Dead, because it's not it's not about the witches, it's about what happens around them, and I like that it focuses on that instead of going oh witches, you know, or you know something like. From like uh, Mighty Python or something like that. That being said, I haven't really. I mean, I talked about getting. I talked about getting it at Gen Con, and um, now having played it, it's thirty bucks. I know Dan and Kim described it on Affliction episode. This game is worth your time and worth your money, one hundred percent. It's one of those games where it hurts my brain, and yet it is phenomenal. I enjoy it. I'm not. It, I'm not gonna like do a review episode on it because we've you guys have already done it but i just want to put my two cents in and say if if you like lords lords of water deep but smaller and with a different like uh unique theme to it buy it it's worth your time yeah and it's uh and if you have people like that are like oh man i don't want to be running around with thieves and wizards you can be like yes but how would you like to hunt witches you know so you got like that little curveball you can throw to them if uh, like they shoot down the Lord's idea, right? So I figured now we're gonna take a little step sideways, right? And uh, instead of like you know a world of like high fantasy and everything else, we're gonna look at the latest bandwagon, and that's Vikings. Man, oh man, Vikings are this year's zombies. <laughs> What's up with all the Vikings? Vikings here, Vikings there, Vikings everywhere. So our step sideways is going to be a game uh, you're pretty familiar with, Champions of Midgard, mm-hmm. right? So we start out with the Lords. Now in Lords of Waterdeep, why who you are is the secret info. In Champions, it's very open. And it's also pretty awesome because it's asynchronous, 
right? Everyone's going to choose, like, the champion of their tribe. Like, you might be uh, Dagron the Destined. And what's cool is, like, because she's Destined, she has more power over fate. So when you draw these fate cards, she actually gets to draw an extra one and choose which one she wants. Or you might be Svanhildr the Swords Maiden. And what she does is all of her sword dice, like her basic swordmen, are stronger in her presence. Like, she inspires battle. So... The lords that you play in this game, you're all as soon as you play your first game, you're gonna be like, oh man, now I want to play a game as each of them. Like, is any of them broken? Is this one better? I don't know. I gotta find out. Yeah. Or or you do like me when you play. You say that every time you do something and annoy everyone. Thank you. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so now, that hidden information about scoring that you have in Lords of Waterdeep. You do have that in this game, like with these uh, like fate cards, where it might be like, destroy the most red monsters, have the most gold, have the most glory. So there's all these like little ways of getting some extra points at the end. So you still got like a little bit of hidden information, you know? Like people don't really know what you're going for. Another aspect of this game is like it does have that evolving board state because there's a few spots that are actually blank and you're placing tiles. Like you randomly choose tiles in the beginning that are new, like, different areas where players can go for actions. You know, because uh, this is still worker placement, and uh, I feel I might want to preface that in the beginning. All of these are ultimately worker placements. The heart and soul of Lords of Waterdeep. You know, so you're still, like, placing workers and everything, but instead of, like, players putting out building, there's a trade ship where that changes every turn what it does, so that's pretty cool. You got areas that build up resources, almost a little bit like Agricola, like, if nobody recruits a, a barbarian, uh, you know, like the Axe Raiders this turn, gets another one next turn. Or if nobody takes the sword, uh, the swordsman, gets another one next turn. That's pretty cool, right? Gives you that, like, oh, man, I kind of want to get those two dice, but if I just wait one more turn, I might get three. Ooh, I don't know. You know, I kind of like that. Another thing is you still have a clicking, uh, clicking, close enough, a ticking clock. <laughs> or a clicking clock. Maybe yours is a little louder. Surprisingly, this game is eight rounds. That feels familiar. No way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like when I used to listen to CDs and number eight, track number eight. Like, seriously, pick up any 90s CD and listen to track eight. It's usually the best. I'm going to actually try that now. That's a yeah, pretty cool piece it. of trivia. I guarantee you. <laughs> every Pearl Jam album, same thing. <laughs> um, so one of the other things in this one is, this game isn't like recipe fulfillment. It's actually fighting and glory and chance and risk so my lords of deep is very calculated like i need five fighters and three rogues and a wizard to complete this quest i got those things i'm done i do this quest in champions of midgard there's a troll there's uh like these like little demonite creatures there's feroblin which i always mispronounce <laughs> and then you also have like monsters afar where you actually need to take ships that you load with warriors and provisions you go to hunting grounds and you do all these amazing things with instead of meeples or resources it's dice like your warriors are a resource and a random resource and it's pretty cool because like the the swordsmen and uh swords maidens can actually like help block and your spear warriors can like you know hit a little harder or also like defend some damage and then you just have your berserkers who are just like, yeah, defense is for wusses. I'm murdering everything I see. Get out of my way. You know? And yeah, it, it's a yeah. nice little spin. And the, the and the theme of it, too, when you're using your Viking warriors or whatever, 
um, is basically like even though there's some blocking in it, there's not like a ton of blocking. So basically, it fits in the theme with uh, Viking mythology. It's basically fight until you die. Dying is the best glory. So if you fight and you die, you've lived a good life. Yeah, and it's and it's pretty funny because like. Uh... You know, you might be going against the troll and you're like, I got this. And then you're all nothing but blanks. And you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 (laughs) no. You just feel your heart sinking. Yeah. Well, especially when you fight the troll, because if you you are the one that goes out there to fight the troll and you lose, then both you and the other players get those negative tokens, which can screw everyone up. And they have the best name on earth, Blame Tokens, because that's exactly what they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you're doing, you know? You're just being like, well, you suck. Yeah, you know? the townspeople are like, you have failed us. You were the ones that claimed to be heroes. I'm just a farmer. Hey, do you have corn? Then I did my job, but you didn't do yours. <laughs> and what's cool is there is a higher level of aggression in this game because if you kill a troll, you can take one of your Blame Tokens and give it to somebody else. You know, or actually some of the trolls are actually you give them to like everybody else and stuff like that. So there's a lot of like little cool features. Like another aspect is like the gathering resources to go afar. Like there's rune cards that are a little more interactive. Like every spot is good for everyone at all times. Like while Lords of Waterdeep, if you don't have any quests that involve fighters, you're just not going to get fighters. There's never really a dead space in this game. You know, and what's what I like is my favorite spot is a market that allows you to exchange like gold, wood, and food for a one for one basis. So if you find yourself tight, it's not like all right, I'm ruined, you can always give up one thing for another. It's kind of it's kind of like a pretty nice feature. So it has a little more give and a little more take with that combat. Sometimes combat can just go south and you you roll terrible and you're like, I'm gonna use glory to re-roll. And you roll terrible and you're like, Oh. Okay. <laughs> The gods were not with me on this roll, apparently. And then you try again, and you roll bad again, and you're like, this thing only has one hit point left. I I need to kill it. It's, it's killing my entire tribe, but whatever, man. I'm taking it with me. Let's do this. Like, And even like the fact that when you sail off to fight these things, you might come across clear waters or a tempest or sea serpents or like the wrath of Poseidon himself. Like, There's so many cool things that... The game has like a decent cut of theme. Like the art style is pretty awesome. You know, has it has a nice little like twist on it all. Like it's not hyper realistic, but it feels like hyper action packed. The art style, mm-hmm. and has like you know different like a little bit of separate play mechanics. Like take for example, there's red, blue, and green. I believe are the three colors of monsters. Somehow I'm drawing a blank on the outside of red and blue. Uh, yellow. There we go, yellow. That's the correct. Yep. I'm a little colorblind. Uh, so it's like, if you have one of each of those of monsters, it's like five bonus points. So you do have like another way of getting some points. So even if you don't kill everything, you can kind of try to catch up. And if you have like those little rune cards, like, like oh, I'm going to fight this like, you know, hideous hellhound. I'm going to play this card that gives me like 50% more glory if I kill this thing. There's, like, a lot of cool features like that. And, you know, again, you still got that clock. You still have only so many rounds. But it plays, even though it's still worker placement, it's going to play a bit differently and give you a little more, like, a a more aggressive vibe than Lords of Waterdeep. Mm -hmm. You know, so if, if you want combat, if you want, like, a little more chance, if you want, 
you know, like between the C deck and what monsters come out and what troll you're going to be facing this round and like what buildings are going to be in the game. It, this has a little more to that, you know, it, it gives you, you don't have to wait for buildings to come out. Like it's going to just happen on its own. So you got that evolving game state without players forcing it. So that's pretty cool. So, uh, so if you, if you like Lords and again, you know, your friends are like, ah, I don't really like D&D, go, do you like axes? Do you like glory? Do you like being a king among men? You know, then Champions of Midgard. It's always a nice step. And now the step forward. This gets, It's interesting that our step forward is going to be a step into the past because this is a game in like feudal Japan. And that game is called Yido. Now, in Yido, there is no lord, right? You are just simply the leader of a house. But there will be bonus scoring cards that you can acquire throughout this game. The thing that makes Yido a little different is uh, there's more rounds. There's actually 11 rounds, not 8. Ooh, that's almost 50% more actions. That the other thing in this game is there is a lot of limitations. So this involves like a more strategic play. Like, while in Lords of Waterdeep, you can have 8 million resources, like 10,000 gold coins. And in Champions of Midgard, you can just fight and kill and slay everything you see. In Yido you can only have a certain max of everything. You can only have like a couple of action cards. You can only have four un incompleted quests at any given time. You can only have four weapons or goods at any time. You can only have two bonus scoring cards. So as you get things, you're gonna be like changing your own game state, like what you're going for and how you're doing it. Now the other thing is the way that this game works is different than the others because in Champions of Midgard, you go to the spot where the monsters are and you fight the monsters. Lords of Waterdeep, you just go, hey, I'm finishing this quest at the end of my turn because you have the stuff. In Yido, what's awesome about these quests are you actually have to have agents in certain areas to do those things. And it really becomes an interesting thing. Like, take for example, now here's one other thing that I personally do love about Yido. You're horrible people. You're like basically ninjas. So why in D&D and like Lords of Waterdeep, it's like, slay owl bears and like you know like fight off the clerics of Cyric. in this game it's take for example one of these quests is steal the gold statue from the temple <laughs> and the flavor text is a collector who prefers to rename anonymous is willing to pay a small fortune for a unique work of art i mean like already awesome so you have to have somebody in the temple and choose to do the quest there and another thing that i think is really cool about this game is everything will require appropriate items. So take for example, like one of the quests involves launching a campaign against the Ronin and the Northern provinces. You have to be like armed to the teeth. You have to have like shuriken, the blowgun, like, cli like climbing gear. You have to have all these items to be able to wage war on them. And what's cool is you keep your stuff in this game, right? It's not like, oh, I have a sword. I did this quest, I lost my sword. So it's a more of a sense of permanence but what's interesting is there's also bonus scoring options on these quests where if you have this extra thing or you do this extra step or if you have people in these other locations, like there's so many different ways to trigger them, it's additional rewards. So while in most of these other games where it's like you're fighting this creature, it's worth nine points, you get nine points or I'm doing this quest, it's worth eight points, I get eight points. In this one, if you invest a little more, you have a little more, you get a little more reward, which is not too common in most games. Like most games are give me X to get Y. This is like give me X or Y to get Z or double Z. So that's pretty cool. 
One of the other features is there's four different difficulties of quests. So while the other games are you just kind of hope for the thing to come out that you can do, this one you can sway fate a little more. If you feel that you are ready for higher things and more difficult, you make that happen. You don't rely on the game to hand that to you. So I kind of like that part, you know? It's like, it's kind of like what you can do and what you go for is on your call, not the game telling you, oh, I think you're ready now. Or, oh, hey, look, this was top decked, cool. One other facet I absolutely adore about this game is player interaction. Like, Kurt, you have a sword. You have a ladder. I crave these things. Meet me in the market. You place a guy in the market, I place a guy in the market. I can now buy and exchange those items with you. Or, if we want something a little more so, we can go to the tavern, where a lot more can be exchanged. But we both have to have characters there. And the fact that this game has that is pretty cool. One other thing that I do enjoy about this game is like, so Kurt, playing Lords of Waterdeep, right? You put your guy on the fighter's hull. What happens at the end of the round? You get your guy's back, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we play Champions of Midgard. You fought the Sea Serpent. End of the round, what do you do? Scoop up all your meeples, right? In Yido, there's guards that patrol the grounds and people can also play cards that affect where they go. If your agents are in the districts that the guards are patrolling, they'll be arrested and removed from the game. Now you can only have a minimum of two people, but if you recruit more agents to take more turns, you can actually end up losing them. In Agricola, even if your people starve, they don't die. You still get to keep them. Lords of Waterdeep, you have four workers, you have four workers. Like, that doesn't change. Yido is the only worker placement game I ever played where it's like, oh, cool, you got four guys? Yeah, I don't like that. The guards are going to advance two more spaces. Oh, look, aren't you in the pub right now? My, my, my. The guards have found you. I guess that guy's going away forever. That's awesome. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of, like, diplomacy. It's kind of like, oh, here's some things. Let's, you know, like... I'm not thinking of diplomacy that way, but like, oh, here, let's let's do some fun stuff. Okay, let's you know, what we're gonna do stuff together here. I'll trade you for this, and then the next turn, oh, hey, your guys are dead. I I, I did that. One of my favorite parts that of memory uh, memories from this game is at one point, me and a buddy, like I tried to make a deal with Kim. She wasn't interested. Another one of my friends is like, I'll buy that sword off of you for seven. I desperately need a sword. I'm like, all right, cool. Meet me in the tavern. We met in the tavern, and then Kim played an action card to bump up the guards to end in the tavern. Because, and I was like, what the hell? Like, because me and the other guy both lost our, like, you know, fourth agent. And Kim goes, you could have made the deal with me, but you didn't. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. It's like, I was like, truly, you are a leader of these people now. It was it was awful and so cool. <laughs> and not too many games have that. Like, the interaction, the fact that you can swap things with players, you can set up trades with players. Like, you know, it's, it's an interesting aspect in this game. And between the fact that you need certain gear for certain quests, you need to secure, like, uh, like geisha for, like, espionage missions or, like, weapons for warfare quests. Like, there's all these different ways of scoring, and it's just... It's, it's like it's definitely deeper like between the guard track and all these other things it's more involving than lords and the fact that like it's an 11 round game you have less agents like your agents can change by you hiring them so someone might be taking four actions per turn while you're only taking two or three you know it's it's almost like reminiscent of that agricola feel where you're like how do you have a family of five like i only got like three dudes this is awful 
Except now you can get rid of those people. Where it's like, well, you know, more agents means more zones, which means guards can do more. I would definitely say, like, if you love Lords of Waterdeep, and, like Kurt, you're waiting for an expansion that may or may not ever happen, Yido has no expansions, and I can't even imagine what they would add, because this game is, it's, it's like a mile deep. And I definitely enjoy it. And again, it's like, you know, it's the, the ancient Orient feel, it's like, the, and the book, by the way, like, when we talk about theme, they went through painstaking labor in the book because all of the zones, all of the districts, all of the items, they also give you, like, the Japanese uh, words for them, too. So it's like they clearly care, like, you know, care about the culture and the uh, the past of these things. And as far as, like, an aesthetic field goes, it does look like a bustling city. It does feel like, you know, the city of Yido. And as far as, like, components go... The fact that the quest cards are like tarot sized and have so much going on in them like there's the type there's the difficulty there's the additional rewards and everything else it it kind of is like if you know it feels like more evolving even doing these basic quests mm-hmm. so yeah and it, you know and i don't know if you've highlighted this but for me because i haven't played it it just it seems like it's really sticking to the theme which is cool because it's it's like guess what? Back then things were very hard and you had to you had to manipulate but you also had to be smart about your, you know, what you were doing. So the fact that they put it into this game and made it so beautiful, I mean, it's I mean, it just sounds like and for me, I'm a sucker for anything steeped in Asian history. You know, it's just something with that look and that feel. I don't know what it is. I'm just intrigued. I love it. Anytime I see games that have that theme, I'm just like, I just want to try it out just to see because I'm so curious about it. And I think it most of the time it's just everything about it is just so gorgeous that, you know, I love beautiful things and I want to know more about them. So it's just it, and this sounds like it's got that same kind of dripping theme to it. And, it, uh, and one other thing that is phenomenal in this game and it, I haven't had it happen yet. So I mentioned that the game is 11 rounds. The game can actually end early due to one quest, which is kill the Shogun. <laughs> wow. If a player yeah, if a player can kill the Lord of Yido, game ends. So it's like <laughs> now, make no mistake, that quest is tough as nails. Like, you know, yeah. it's not like on turn three, so I'm just going, Oh, I guess I'm gonna take out the shogun. Like that's not gonna go down like that. Yeah, it's the shogun. <laughs> They're named that for a reason. But just the fact that that one quest card lingers somewhere in the hardest stack of uh, missions is really cool. So yeah, so ultimately, uh, now, one other thing is like all of those games are in my collection because like, I am a fan of worker placement, you know, I, I, I like classic Euro style. But what's pretty cool is uh, even though like Lords is my favorite game, I like to have these different things to break out because, you know, if I put Lords on the table and I see somebody give that ah, face like, you know, I want everyone to enjoy themselves. I want everyone to have a good time. So, like, you know, if, if time's a little tighter or, you know, they're not really comfortable with worker placements, go back a little. We got affliction, you know? If people, you know, a couple of my friends love dice. Man, oh, man. Dice trades, dice towers, chucky, chucky, chucky dice. Hey, Champions of Midgard is really good, you know? And if uh, and if you got that buddy that's like, I want to feel like a master tactician, Yido comes out because it's a little, you know, a little more tighter. It's like, you know, you feel constantly feel cramped in Yido. It's like, oh my god, I already got four items, but I want that one. But if I take that one, then I can't do this thing, you know. 
it's, it's a little tighter brain space it's a little tighter options but you know again it's it's a it's another if i got the time i also like to break out you know you know it's not always the lords for me so uh so let's just say if we got a chance to get together for a quick game or so what, what would you like to do you want to stay still and do lords you want to take a step forward back side anything of these appeal to you in particular i love them all i will do them all that would be actually kind of cool to to have like have that theme of a game day. It'd be like, okay, let's play, let's put all these together and see what we liked. Because I'm sure, like, just like anybody, ever, you know, there's certain nights where people are excited about one thing over the next. But to actually play all those at one time on the or not at one time, <laughs> that'd be fun. Um, playing those all on the same day just to see, you know, what you know how you feel about you know what games you liked, what games you didn't, what, what games you didn't would be kind of interesting. Yeah, we're definitely down for that, man. Now, uh, so the other thing is, like I said, you know, this idea, like the whole like three step thing. Uh, these games are a bit more involving. You know, so it's like I wanted to give them enough time, like let them breathe, you know, explore some options in each. But I figured this can always be like a little interesting idea, you know, if, if there's a game that someone is like really, you know, like that's their favorite thing, but sometimes when they break it out, people are like, oh, well, you know, how, how about something else? But you still want to like get some of that flavor, you know, you want to still feel some of that, that same vibe, you want to get like some of that same grit. You know, let us know. You know, give us some suggestions. You know, mention something that you would like to see three steps from. Because uh, maybe we can help you find another title or two to get into your library that you'll still get what you want, they'll get what they want, and everyone has a much better game night. That's right. That's perfect. Yep, so get at us on Twitter or on Facebook and stuff like that. Let's start a conversation about it because we, we like to talk about that kind of stuff too, not just on here but on the different platforms so so hopefully this will get you excited about playing those games and go out there and play them you know compare them and see what you think so until next time this is kurt and this is dan and this was the nfg cast legends of tabletop podcast creating legends one die at a time